Hello, and welcome to The Crumb. Hello, everyone. Hi, Kyle Grace. Hi, Brian. Today, uh, we have a very exciting guest, our first crumb on. But first, what did you bake this weekend, Brian? Okay, so you know we have our Bunt of the Month Club with Nordic Wear, and I have made all of them because I actually truly love baking Bunt cakes. But I think the one from our May release might be my favorite so far. And it might even be my favorite bunt cake that I've made in the last year. So I'm going to make like a big assumption about this. <laughs> but just listen. So this is the churro bunt cake where we took the cinnamon sugar crunchy edge that the Bavaria pan creates. We filled the cake with a beautiful uh, cinnamon sugar streusel. And we finished things off with this spicy Mexican chocolate uh, sauce that you drizzle on each slice. It is so addicting. I, I've i already made it three or four times, and I'm going to keep making it all summer long because it is the perfect thing for kids, for family gatherings, for a day at the pool. Like, I, I love it. So the churro bunt cake, it's what I've been baking, and it's what I'm going to be baking for uh, quite some time. What about you? So, in honor of our guest, I have been trying to keep it French, and I made pat a which was our essential for our uh, March-April issue. And it's always amazing to make the essential. I, you know, I write it, but I sometimes don't get around to actually, you know, making it till later. And it's it's amazing to walk through the process that our test kitchen has helped create and how helpful it is. And still catching on to things like, you know, I should have sifted my flour, <laughs> and I had some, like, little rough spots, and I learned that the hard way. So everybody, sift your flour if but you is can. But that's what baking is all about, though. So we do things and then realize, oh, I should have followed every detail in the recipe, or I should have done it this way. So I'm glad you learned a little bit more. So tell me, which version of the patisseau did you make? We did the pari breast. We had eclairs. We did cream puffs. So what'd you, what did you I, make? I love the traditional cream puffs. There's nothing like it. It's, it's you know, shoe stands for cabbage. And so it looks like a little cabbage head when you make these cream puffs. And it's it's such a forgiving recipe because even with those clumps, turned out beautifully. And then the other amazing part of this is the cream mousseline, which is also known as German buttercream, which is cream pat that you add more butter to because <laughs> there wasn't enough the first time. There's never enough butter. Never enough. So it's a, it's a stunning recipe. And I just, it's, everybody always thinks it's so complicated and so hard and actually it's a dream to make. Yeah, and it actually comes together pretty quickly. Once you get your ingredients at room temperature, it's a pretty fast process. Yeah, from beginning to end, like, it's done. And then eat it immediately. There's nothing better than perfectly ready-to-go shoe. And, you know, the nice thing, though, is if you can't eat it immediately, which, let's be honest, we all should eat some of it immediately, you can actually freeze the the shoe once it's been baked and before you fill it. So it's actually a perfect thing to have in the freezer and then you make your, your filling, and it comes together even faster after you've had some in the freezer. Elegance on demand, for sure. I, you know, nothing lasts long enough at my house to be put in the freezer. <laughs> so at least we have these tips for people that might have a little bit more self-control than I do when I'm baking and, and entertaining friends and family. So just like that bunt cake. <laughs> <laughs> nothing lasts long. That's why a mini bunt pan is actually good for me, because there's a little bit of self-control that comes in having a smaller portion, and then I can make a second mini bunt and give it away to someone else. So that might be how I, I have to increase my self-control in the kitchen. <laughs> so that's what we baked. 
Shall we introduce our upcoming crumb? Yes. Oh, I am so excited. Today, we are talking to Dory Greenspan. And let's be honest, she doesn't really need an introduction. But we're going to give this grand dame of baking one anyway because she deserves it. Dory has written 13 cookbooks, a couple of which she wrote with legends Julia Child and Pierre Hermé. She's won numerous James Beard Awards and an IACP Awards and created a chocolate chip cookie that is so mesmerizing, it's been dubbed the World Peace Cookie. And have I mentioned that she's a natural-born delight? Well, you'll soon get the gist. Listen in on our inspiring interview with Dory. Hello, Dory Greenspan, and welcome to The Crumb. Hi, I'm so happy to be with you. We are so excited. You are our very first interview guest, and we could not have dreamed of a better start than chatting with you. This is so great. I'm a little crumb. Yeah. (laughs) You're the first crumb. I'm the first crumb. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Um, So tell us, Dory, are you in uh, France right now or are you stateside? I'm in Connecticut. And this morning I started packing my bags for France. Oh, gosh, I'm so jealous. The anticipation. I know. (laughs) We were so excited that you invited us into your Paris kitchen so that we could offer our readers a sneak peek in our French issue uh, that was released back in March. But I want to continue the conversation with you today about that. And since you're packing and planning to return to your second home and and your heart home in Paris, tell us, set the scene for us. Tell our listeners, you walk in your kitchen, it's a sunny day in Paris, and what inspires you to bake? And, And just tell us a little bit about being at home in Paris. So my Paris kitchen is a about the size of a minute. Um, it's <laughs> tiny. It's it's really small. It's I think I think if I put my arms out, I could touch both walls. And it's about if I were taller, I could probably lay down and go from door to to window. And yet, it's one of my favorite favorite places to bake. It's small. It's got everything I need in it. And it's got a balcony. So on a sunny day, the day that that you were in my kitchen, you meaning bake from scratch. Yes. <laughs> um, I, mean, um, I was able to open the doors onto the balcony and have the sun come pouring in. And right before we started to bake that day, I had gone to the market. So there's a beautiful covered market about, oh, four minutes from our apartment and I had bought everything that I needed for the day and I had beautiful strawberries from the market and I came back. I always bake to music. I bake to classical music. So there was was Bach playing in the apartment. Um, The doors were open. I had my apron on, which is always like my happy moment. Putting my apron on, knowing I'm about to bake, is um, it's pretty great. And I had everything ready to go, all the ingredients out on the, the minute-sized counter. <laughs> so what do you find is so unique about home baking in Paris? You know, we go to all of the bakeries and the patisseries, and we see the beautifully complex uh, works of art but in a typical Paris kitchen, like you described, small space and, and, and still that happy place, what is it that makes home baking in France so unique? 
home baking in France, you know, we have such a fabulous culture of home baking in America. And it's, I, I'm, it makes me so happy that the tradition is growing and that more and more people are baking more and more at home. That's not really, uh, there aren't am, as many ambitious home bakers in France as there are in America. And when, when people bake at home in France, they bake very simply. They bake um, fruit desserts. They bake simple tarts. Um, they might make custards or the dessert that everyone makes. Everyone knows how to make this. Um, they can do it. They can do it by heart. It's like the one, the one home baked thing that most French people know is the yogurt cake. And that's the cake that, that I made for you when you, when you came to Paris. Home baking in France is really simple, homey, the kinds of things that you would serve to family and really close friends. I think you described it in uh, Baking Chez Moi that it's uh, it's the weekend cake. You know, it's the anytime people drop by or even just for your family to enjoy over the weekend, you just you can make it without a thought and it's something to enjoy the entire weekend. That's right. So the the yogurt cake is um, there. Are, there's actually a class of cakes, and you can go to French patisserie and find them. And they're called weekend cakes. And they're loaf cakes. They're sturdy. They'll hold up for a few days. You can just Kyle Grace, as you said, just have them on the counter. And if friends are there or family, you can just cut off a, a slice. And that's a very typical kind of of treat that people would make at home or would buy for the weekend. I love it because it does, it it totally introduces a different side of what the global view of French baking is. But I think it endears endears us even more though. Like it makes me want to just pop over to Paris and knock on a few doors and and see what's sitting out for the counter just for a new exploration into... uh, obviously the culture we love and and you love so much as well brian you're so right it is the flip side of what we see in patisserie what we see professional bakers and and pastry chefs um making and it's the side that you really it's what it's for me it was one of the joys of getting to to have a French life was to see this side of French baking because it's not the side that you often see. It's the side you see when you make friends or when you have family or when you're invited to someone's home. So tell us just a little bit about your journey. You mentioned falling in love with with Paris and, and obviously having the dream and now reality of a, a second home in Paris. What what started that love affair for you, and 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 when did that dream finally come true? So uh, the first time I set foot in Paris, I just I teasingly say that you know it, it it felt like home, and we I was I was traveling with with my husband because of course you know I was born and then I got married, yeah. so there was, <laughs> it was kind of immediate. So um, Michael and I were in were in Paris and. When we came home, I went to visit my mother, and I was furious at her. And I said, how is it possible that you had me in Brooklyn when I should have been born in Paris? <laughs> um, it just, it was, it was a 
physical connection to the city and it just grew over the years and about it's now over 20 years ago that we were able to um, make this 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 life of America France oh I love it I I share a little bit of that same story with you I went on a high school trip to Paris um, and fell in love at first step off of the airplane and and I, I have traveled to France many, many times. I had a career as a flight attendant before I joined the family publishing company. And I, I still to this day have the same reaction when I step foot off the plane in Paris and a piece of me feels like I'm home. So, so I, I know that feeling you, you had and, and it lives in my heart and, and through you and people that, that get to enjoy a French life. And, <laughs> and it's still on my dream list as well. So. <laughs> It's a, it's a wonderful connection. And you said it earlier when you said, you know, the, the city of my heart. Um, I, it's, I've never had that feeling about another, another place. So I consider myself very lucky. And the fact that Paris is the center of pastry just makes that feeling a little stronger. Absolutely. Well, you know, speaking of some of these people that feel their heart is in Paris, you know, you've worked with a lot of incredible culinary superstars, including Julia Child and Pierre Hermé. Um, but what are some of the best pieces of baking advice you've received over the years of all the incredible people you've worked with? You know, what are some of the best pieces you can take and, and give to our listeners? Boy, you ask a hard question. <laughs> so... It's interesting. I don't know if I learned so much working with Pierre Hermé and with Julia and with all the pastry chefs who were part of the Baking with Julia project and the chefs that I've had the chance to work with. And I don't I don't know if it's advice so much. Um, I think that in working with them. And in living with Paris, living in Paris, what I learned was about the pleasure of pastry, about certainly living in Paris. Um, I learned how, how people take pastry as a gift to themselves, as a daily pleasure, the way, the way we Americans sometimes call something decadent or, or say it's a guilty pleasure. You never hear that in France. There's just the the small, there's the pleasure of a small treat every day. And I think that came, I learned that living in France and working with French chefs. But I also, you made me think of something that I learned from, from Pierre Hermé, something that now seems so obvious that it's hard to, it's hard to imagine that it was revolutionary when, when I talked to Pierre about this, but sometime, I can't remember when I met Pierre Hermé, maybe 90, 1993, maybe 92, 94, sometime around then. And we were talking about pastry. And he said, you must remember to season what you're making. You season pastry the way you season savory food. And at that time, he was using salt. He was using fleur de sel, the French sea salt, in his desserts, and no one was. 
we were baking with a pinch of salt. He was baking with a measured amount of salt. And I remember when I first tasted his chocolate cookies, which um, I later called World Peace Cookies, and they had salt in them, noticeable salt, salt that when you bit into the cookie and took your first bite, you tasted salt. And it was brand new then. And it changed the way I thought about how I flavor, and I'm making air quotes there, but or how I flavor, how I season pastries. I love that. You know, and now to think of the craze of topics of do you salt your chocolate chip cookie? People love salted caramel. I mean, the word salt has such a prominent place now in our baking space. And Pierre and you have been instrumental in leading that. And I am a very happy baker (laughs) and I use salt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we were talking about salt and isn't it wonderful that you know, you can meet someone and have a conversation like this is, you know, as I did with Pierre all those years ago. But, and I remember him saying, it's so important to use salt in, and Brian, you just mentioned one of the places in, in caramel with chocolate and with butter that salt, I mean, there are other, you know, there are other flavors that, that, salt enhances but salt is really a picker-upper it just changes and magnifies um those flavors i could not agree more so kind of jumping off of the conversation of pierre may and julia child let's turn it the other direction and our baking world has so many young and -and up-and-coming bakers in the instagram and blogging and influencer space and you know they're jumping they're they're ju- they're just now jump starting their careers and i would love to know who are some of the up and comers that you are following and that you love or who's new on the scene that you can't wait to see what happens next well it's okay so there's someone when i i'm in connecticut and i <laughs> i'm really in Exurbia. I mean, I'm looking out now at um, at an Oriole because at, at the theater we just put great jelly there. Anybody who wants to attract Orioles, that's how you do it. Nice. Um, I'm, I just I just learned that. Thank you, Instagram. Um, and I I'm looking at, at geese out on the pond. I'm really I'm really living. Um, in a place that's like the opposite, complete opposite of my being in Paris. And yet there's a pastry shop here that if you picked it up, you could just put it down in the chicest part of Paris and it would be perfect. It's It would be a little miracle anywhere, but it's certainly a miracle here. Um, and it's called Hen and Heifer. And the oh, I love it. <laughs> right? I mean, how, how country. It wouldn't be called Hen and Heifer in Paris, I don't think. <laughs> um, and the pastry chef's there named, the pastry chef's there is named Wang Su. And I love what he does. It is such a treat to watch his shop change, to watch what he's doing. He's inspired by everything. 
Um, and you never know what what's going to be new. He makes probably the best cream puffs I've ever had. Well, that's saying I love something what he uh, coming from Paris. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's really, really talented. And I love... Um, I love what he does. I love what Natasha Pikowitz is doing in New York. She's the pastry chef at um, Flora Bar, at the Met Boyer, and at Outro Paradiso. I think those two. And she has the opposite. Her style is the opposite of, of most French pastry chefs, the opposite of what beautiful things Wong's doing in Hen and Heifer. Her desserts are beautiful, but honey, rustic, not perfect, um, but crazy flavorful. I love watching what she's doing. And I love what there's a pastry chef who's um, in Paris named Jan Couvreur. Oh, yes. And Right, and he's kind of irreverent, um, and his his style is very modern, very playful. His flavor combinations are great. I'm loving watching him. And there is a pastry shop called Food de Pâtisserie, crazy about pastry, and they um, they have a kind of changing cast of pastry chefs who provide. Um, who provide desserts for them. And it's always fun to see who they're showcasing and who might be new there. Well, gosh, that sounds to me like I have four places I need to join you for a pastry date so that we can experience this with you because you've got me now adding things to my list. And and Dory, that's what you do for so many people is inspire and and with your recipes and your guidance, I mean, I, I just need to plan some time with you for sure. Um, so I would love it. I will jump to one thing, though. I think you and I have so much in common, but there is one area that might be a bone of contention between you and me. You have mentioned before that you do not like things that are doughy or underbaked with pastry, um, including mm-hmm. underdone cookies. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing... That makes you team no dough, and you know I am definitely captain of team dough. So tell me a little bit about why you detest these underbaked and doughy cookies when I love them so much. <laughs> okay, detest, detest. That's a strong word. Yeah, maybe I went <laughs> for the really dramatic. Strong. Maybe I took it a little dramatic for this. You know, the little uh, the dough gauntlet was thrown. <laughs> okay, so here's. Here's how I feel about it. I believe, and let's just put cookies to the side just for a second. Let's look at pie dough. Let's look at crust. Let's look at bread. Let's, I feel, I believe, I love. I'm getting as strong as you, Brian. <laughs> um, no, no. <laughs> I don't think that underbaked particularly crusts, I'm, I'm really, this is really about, a lot about crusts. I don't think an underbaked crust has the flavor. I think the, that, that a well-baked crust has. I think that 
color, when it comes to crust, color equals flavor. That if you're not getting color on your crust, you're not getting the full flavor of the butter. You're not getting that kind of nutty flavor that you get when butter is browned. If it's a sweet crust, you're not getting the caramel that you can get when sugar is cooked. I don't think you're getting the full flavor, and I think you're cheating yourself on texture as well. So I really do believe that to get the most out of a crust, you want, and, and the same for bread, it's funny. Um, I remember baking a sable, now we are into cookies, but See, baking yes, a I, cookie. I was gonna say, and, I will and, agree with you on the on the crust thing. I'm, I'm gonna absolutely align myself with everything you just said about crust. And now you can, yes. now we can talk sable and cookies. <laughs> well, okay, but a sable, a sable, a shortbread cookie, you need, for those cookies, you need color as well. You really, it's a it's a butter, butter, butter cookie, and you want that butter to be baked. Um, I remember baking sable with someone, and she turned to me. She said, oh, you like the French bake. <laughs> and I had, I had, I'd never heard the expression before, but, yeah, it means a well-baked cookie. I feel you could sway me a little bit on a chocolate chip cookie. I like when it's softer in the center, but a, a big fat cookie with raw dough in the center, <laughs> almost raw. No, 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 no. There's, there's someone, there's mocha, mocha nuts. Oh, I Paris. love mocha nuts. Oh, I love mocha nuts too. I love what she does. And well, he's Omar, who's the, her husband. Mocha is the pastry side of mocha nuts and Omar is the savory side. And they're both super, super talented. And she gave me a recipe for her cranberry rye cookies. And those to me had the best texture because they were well baked on the bottom and all around the sides, they were crispy-ish. And in the center, it was very little, like a little like dime size, maybe quarter size of the center of the cookie was softer, but it was baked through. It was still baked through. It's that unbaked kind of raw flavor that I just don't love. You can't see it, Dory, but there's a tear in <laughs> Brian's eye, you know, very slowly. Hey, but the good news <laughs> is I will be with Dory at Moco Nuts in October when we're in Paris for our baking retreat. So we are going to be able to enjoy these cookies together. So I... I, I gladly say we will meet in the middle at Moco Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian, here we go. I'll eat all around the cookie and I'll leave the center for you. I love it. That sounds like <laughs> match a match made in made heaven. In heaven. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Dory. We uh, could obviously rhapsodize about these amazing Paris experiences, but now we're going to go into the lightning round of questions. This will be these short, quick burst of uh, creative energy from you. So, you ready? Yep. All right. Favorite chocolate to use in a cookie? I have two favorites. Am I allowed to? Yes. <laughs> we'll give <Okay>. you two. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, Valrona, which is a French chocolate, and Guitard, which is an American chocolate. But and delicious. I don't like, I mean, if I use chocolate chips, but I'd rather not, I think that, that 
it's so much better to chop a chocolate that you really love and have all different sized pieces in a cookie. I totally agree. Favorite Good. unusual baking hack? Hair dryer. Ooh. I keep a hair dryer nearby for unmolding cheesecakes and soft desserts that you might bake in a springform pan. Instead of wrapping a hot towel around the pan or <gasps> dunking it in water where you're always worried that the water is going to seep onto the cake, use a hair dryer to warm the side of the springform pan and unmold the cake. That is genius. The one thing family and friends ask you to bake again and again. Jammers, jammers, jammers. So those are the, <laughs> those are the, those are the cookies. I love those cookies. There, it's a sable cookie. It has jam in the center and it has streusel all around the jam. You dreamed of that cookie, didn't you? I did. I that that cookie. I, I keep I keep hoping I'll have another dream like that. But no, that cookie. Yeah, I was in Paris. I had a dream about the cookie. I woke up in the morning. I made it. It was amazing. That's divine inspiration right there. <laughs> One French baking ingredient you can't live without. Um, can I go for two again? All right, last one. Yes. Okay. So the one, the 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 one I truly can't live without is fleur de sel, um, which is the French sea salt that that we talked about. But when I'm in Paris, um, at any supermarket, you can buy a circle of perfectly rolled out all butter puff pastry. And it's in the refrigerator case, so you don't have to wait for it to defrost. I just wish we had that here. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Quick word of advice to anyone looking to start their French baking journey. Start. Start. <laughs> just jump right in. Just jump right in. Um, if you can go to Paris for inspiration, great. But most of us can't do that, and I couldn't do that when I got started. The, uh, buy books. Look at at French pastries that you love and say, okay, I'm going to learn to make this. It's so exciting and so satisfying. And I, I know this is longer than lightning round, but just French pastry in general is I can't think of anything that that feels better to make and that makes you feel so good when you've made it. And pastry is very logical. It has pieces. It's like Karim said, it's the, the sister art to architecture. And when you think about pastry, you see the elements and you can make these in pieces and construct, build your architectural creation. Um, at the end, I mean, take a weekend, choose a project, just devote yourself to it. Take pleasure in the, in the steps of the process. Just get started. I think that is the best advice. It's so funny how often I'm asked or I'm told by friends or family that say, I love to cook, but I can't bake. And I always respond with, yes, you can bake. You just have to get started. So you and I share that that same motivation for getting people in the kitchen and baking. And I have you to know, tell you, Dory. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and don't you find that even if something doesn't come out just right with baking, most of the time, 
90-something percent of the time, it still tastes good. Absolutely. And I, I find the only way to do better is to mess it up a little and figure out where you want to do better in the next round and keep trying and improving because... God knows we all started with a few burned pans of something. So. <laughs> <laughs> true, well, true. Well, Dory, you know, that was a bit longer in the lightning round, but that's... <laughs> For you know, Dory, we will allow yes. any time in the lightning round she needs. And you're a rule breaker, and that's one of the reasons why you're so beloved. You experiment, you you work your butt off, but you also experiment and play with things, and I think that's what makes you, you know, just an eternal source of inspiration. Thank you, Kyle Grace. <laughs> Dory, it has been such a pleasure to chat with you today. I cannot wait to see you when I get to France and enjoy a slice of Paris together. And in the meantime, I'll be following along your trip you're leaving for to, to go back to our heart home in Paris. But more than anything, thank you for being a part of our Bake from Scratch family and being a part of the global baking community. You are an icon and, and we are so thankful you spent time chatting with us today. This was so lovely. Merci. Thank you so much for making me your first crumb. You are the first, yes. And we are going to have such fun in Paris. Can't wait. I can't Can't wait. wait. All right, Dory, thank you so much and have a great trip. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Can I just say, wow, I'm talking with Dory. I'm on cloud nine. I... Yeah, she's the OG crumb. Like, she she gets the title forever. I thought that was such an amazing conversation, and I cannot wait to see her in Paris. So I, oh, man, that was awesome. She's one of those, like, you're excited not only to bake, but be alive. When you're just talking to her about, like, you get to, 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 to eat the things that, you know, exist in this world and try new things. She gets you so excited and jazzed about that. I am, I wish that there was a video feed for this recording because you and I were both smiling ear Grinning to ear like the idiots. entire yes. time. <laughs> so it was quite a euphoric interview. And I hope that everyone could hear the smile on our faces through the conversation. So, man, that was amazing. Thank you, Dory, for joining us on The Crumb. That was awesome. All right. Speaking of inspiring, what has you excited and inspired to bake next? Okay, so I am headed to Manhattan, Kansas, to the National Festival of Breads. The other Manhattan. Yes, the other Manhattan. And I am joining our partners at Red Star Yeast to showcase their platinum baking yeast product. And it's so amazing, but I'm I'm making milk bread four ways. So I'm going to start with the traditional milk bread And then I'm going to show everyone how you can take this amazing bread dough and use three creative iterations um, to to have versatility in the kitchen with a recipe that is it is hands down one of my favorites. I know I've mentioned this before. I talk about it all the time. I love milk bread and I cannot wait to be in Manhattan, Kansas. So watch my Instagram and check out the National Festival of Breads. What about you? Well, you know. Dory talked about how salt is transforming to the baking, and it's like it's underused. But one of the things I also feel is that crunch is kind of underused. So I've been obsessed recently with that sugar finish that is adds a crunch element that you just feel like is missing. And we're we're also partners with Halala Sugar, Halala Vanilla, and one of their products is Halala Vanilla Sugar, and it is transforming. It's it. I put it on you know anything 
muffins and loaf cakes and cakes, just decorating. It sparkles. I love sparkle. You know, I I am I have never hidden the fact that I'm obsessed, you know, bury me in sequins. I love it. Yeah. And uh, you know, the so it has that sparkle, but then it's that crunch. And you can get the same with turbinado sugar or another raw sugar finish. And it's just if you ever feel like you had something and it might be missing something, I promise you it's that that crunch. And so I'm just excited to be baking with that very soon. I love it too. I put it on the top of my pound cakes. Mm. So I bake them in a in a one layer. I use my antique copper cake pan and I I crunch the top up with the vanilla sugar. I love it. I think it's an amazing product and a perfect finishing act to a beautifully baked cake or anything really that you just want that added crunch and flavor. Mm. Well, I cannot wait to follow along with your baking, and um, I will be dispatching to you from the National Festival of Bread. But this has been such an amazing conversation day with Dory and um, baking chat with you, Kyle Grace. I I hope everyone's enjoying our episodes. I I want to see five-star reviews, and please leave comments so that we can hear from you about what you want to see more of in the future on The Crumb. And um, as always, I love chatting all things baking. Yes, everyone, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your mom if she's your best friend. Just share it along and share the joy of baking because we're having a great time and we, we want you to have a great time too. So happy baking, everyone. Happy baking. Thanks for joining us. If you liked our podcast, please rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. To keep up with all of our baking endeavors, follow our editor-in-chief and co-host, Brian, on Instagram at Brian Hart Hoffman. You can follow Bake From Scratch on Instagram at The Bake Feed. For online recipes and fresh baking content, go to our website, bakefromscratch.com, and sign up for our newsletter, Preheat. Finally, for in-real-life baking inspiration, grab our magazine on newsstands, or subscribe through our website.